This is World Lutheran News Digest, an audio news magazine bringing you a look at significant events in worldwide Lutheranism. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO, a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Today on World Lutheran News Digest... I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. Sweet Cakes by Melissa finally got its day in court. The Oregon Bakery was owned by Aaron and Melissa Klein, a devout Christian couple. Their problems began about four years ago when a woman asked the Kleins to create a special wedding cake for her daughter who was planning to marry her lesbian partner. The Kleins declined, saying that as Christians, they could not prepare a special cake celebrating gay marriage. The lesbian couple then filed a complaint with the Oregon Bureau of Labor and Industries. Administrative hearings were held, and they went against the Kleins. They were forced to pay a $135,000 fine that resulted in them closing their shop. They were also given a gag order, preventing them from discussing certain aspects of the case, including their religious opposition to gay marriage. But the clients refused to stop fighting, even though they lost their business. With the help of the First Liberty Institute, the largest legal organization in the country dedicated exclusively to protecting religious freedom, they were able to move their case away from an administrative organization and into the court system. Their case was finally heard before a judicial body, the Oregon Court of Appeals, earlier this month. First Liberty Senior Attorney Jeremy Dice is my guest, and we discuss the case of Sweet Cakes by Melissa. World Lutheran News Digest, Wednesday at 2.30 and Saturday at 9.30 on Worldwide KFUO. And now today's Fast Track. I'm Sarah Golseth with news in brief of interest to Lutherans worldwide. A small-town Wyoming judge, Ruth Neely, who says her religious beliefs prevent her from presiding over same-sex marriages, was publicly censured by the Wyoming Supreme Court on Tuesday in a 3-2 split decision. But while the court said her conduct undermines the integrity of the judicial system, it does not warrant removal from the bench. However, Neely has never been asked to perform a same-sex marriage. In the dissent, justices argued that Neely didn't violate any judicial conduct code. Quote, Wyoming law does not require any judge or magistrate to perform any particular marriage, and couples seeking to be married have no right to insist on a particular official as the officiant of their wedding. The Supreme Court sent back to a lower court a case on the legality of federal policy on bathroom access for transgender people. The Obama administration's guidance called on public schools nationwide to allow transgender students to have access to the bathroom that matches their self-professed gender identity and threatened to block federal funding from schools that didn't comply. Under the Trump administration's guidelines, states will be able to individually interpret whether the protections under Title IX of the Education Amendments Act apply to transgender students. A European initiative aimed at helping abortion-supporting groups denied funding under the Mexico City policy restored by President Trump pledged some $190 million, roughly one-third of the amount needed annually to make up for the U.S. cut. The biggest single donations pledged at an advocacy and fundraising conference convened in Brussels was $50 million from an anonymous donor in the U.S. The governments of Sweden, Finland, and Canada pledged some $21 million each, $20 million came from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and $10.5 million each from the host government and those of the Netherlands, Norway, and Denmark. World Lutheran News Digest will be back right after these messages. 
Hi, I'm Pastor Matt Youngblood-Clark from Ascension Lutheran in St. Louis. And I am Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky from St. Paul's in New Athens and Trinity in Darmstadt, and we welcome you to listen to Wrestling with the Basics. Matt, 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 let go of me, man. No, no, it's not real wrestling. We're just talking about Bible issues. Oh, 9.05 Saturday mornings, 8.50 a.m. KFUO. Facebook is one of the biggest social media instruments for checking out what is going on with Worldwide KFUO. On our Facebook page, facebook.com slash KFUO radio, you'll see us posting pictures, online videos, show information, as well as reviews and previews of events at KFUO. Worldwide KFUO, we are where you are. On Facebook at facebook.com slash KFUO radio. The worldwide leader of confessional Lutheranism, Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news. Hi, I'm Pastor William Whedon, LCMS Director of Worship. Jesus said some hard things in John 6, and lots of his disciples turned away and stopped following him. He asked the 12 if they wanted to go too. Peter responded for them all, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Words of eternal life, those are the words your Jesus has for you. Join me for the next broadcast of Thy Strong Word, 11 a.m. Central on Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news. There's a special place where rare books from times long ago come alive in your imagination. A special place where you can rediscover values that transcend time itself. A special place of adventure, mystery, and drama that's both old and new at the same time. Lamplighter Theater. Saturday mornings at 11 on KFUO Radio. Hi, I'm Pastor Mark Hawkinson, host of Moments of Assurance, Sunday at 9.15 a.m. right here on KFUO Radio. Each week I have the privilege of producing a quarter hour of message, music, and prayer blended together to fit a special theme for that day. You'll hear messages of hope and complete confidence in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. You'll hear choirs and instrumentals to support the message as well. So I invite you to join me. That's Moments of Assurance, Sunday morning at 9.15 a.m. World Lutheran News Digest. This is Lutheran Lutheranski Novosti. I'm Kip Allen, host of World Lutheran News Digest. Aaron and Melissa Klein, the owners of Sweet Cakes by Melissa, finally had their day in court. They were the Christian bakers who lost their business because they refused to make a special wedding cake celebrating a lesbian wedding. With me today is Mr. Jeremy Dice of First Liberty, and he's going to be talking about the case. Mr. Dice, a little bit about yourself and about First Liberty before we get into it. Yeah, look, I'm senior counsel at First Liberty Institute, where we are working to defend religious liberty for all Americans. We happen to be the largest law firm that dedicates itself entirely and exclusively to issues of religious liberty. And this certainly is one of the basic cases. Now, their their problems started uh, several years ago, and they've lost their business. They've been fined $135,000, and all this came down through an administrative order, nothing through through the court. This is an administrative group that said that they were in violation of a regulation and or law and were punished for it. They were even hit with a gag order. 
Yeah, look, last week was the first time that uh, Aaron and Melissa have had their, their day in court. For the last, I don't know, four years or so now, the government has been violating Melissa and Aaron's constitutional rights to free speech, free expression, and religious liberty. But the government should never force people to violate their conscience or their faith. And uh, this, that's exactly what's going on here in the state of Oregon. It seems to be. And actually, not just the state of Oregon. We're seeing this happen all over where Christian bakers, florists, and filmmakers are really being placed under attack. And the thing that I find frightening, one of the things I find frightening, is that so much of this is being handled administratively, and where the clients, for example, really did not have legal recourse within the administrative law. How does that work? How does the administrative, uh, just a single administrative group, get the power to do that? Yeah, no, that, that's a great concern when someone can act as the chief uh, investigator, the chief judge, and the jury at the same time, and then execute the judgment all without having uh, someone having the, the chance to, to work this thing through court. Th- this case really is about whether America really is a nation of tolerance that respects diversity of both faith and opinion, or, or whether the government should be able to force people to violate their conscience and their religious beliefs. We believe that they should not, and that uh, the, the Bakers, in this case, Aaron and Melissa, ought to have the freedom to be able to contribute to the diversity of our society with their uh, their religious beliefs and operating their, their business. There's also the concept of due process and innocent before until proven guilty. And yet Brad Avakian, who is the head of the Bureau of Labor and Industries, which was the ones that declared the uh, client, which I uh, heard the case of the clients, actually declared they were guilty before he even heard the case, is my understanding. There were a lot of problems in the administrative process itself, not the least of which was that they didn't get to hear much from Aaron and Melissa. Uh, but the, the reality is that uh, we should fear a government that says you're going to believe this way and you're going to operate your business according to this set of convictions uh, rather than those sets of convictions. When, when the government places their fingers on the scales of justice or on the scales of what makes America great here, uh, we, we've got real concerns and real problems. I, I thought we were a, a diverse society that welcomes to the general marketplace a variety of, of opinions and worldviews. Uh, but when the government itself, through its administrative agencies, says to uh, an individual or to, to a couple in this case, hey, your religious beliefs here are not welcome uh, when you open up a business shop here, that ought to scare every freedom-loving American. Well, the case now has finally moved into the court system. It's being heard in the state court in Oregon. What's, uh, what happened? What's the hearing about, and how did it progress? Well, this is really the first time that Aaron and Melissa have had the opportunity to have their day in court and to tell their side of the story in this whole thing. Uh, and so right now it's before the Court of Appeals in Oregon, and uh, we expect an order out of that court oh, in the next couple of months or so. Uh, and more than likely, either side is going to appeal that to the Supreme Court of Oregon. And from there, more than likely, if it, uh, if it has to go there, it'll go to the Supreme Court of the United States. This is going to test whether or not we are going to be an America that really is a nation of tolerance, respecting both diversity of faith and opinion, or whether the government should be able to force people to violate their conscience and religious beliefs when they open up a business. Well, some of the questions, for example, that were asked during the uh, during the case was, uh, what constitutes being an artist? Now, Melissa and Aaron claim that uh, the effort that she has to put into to make specialty cakes is something that actually makes her an artist, where one of the justices said, well, what if I'm just making a sandwich? Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, look, it's it, it's a little bit different when it comes to uh, to sandwich making and, and cake making. When when uh, Melissa sits down with the uh, potential clients and goes through uh, what what's going to make it um, uh, custom to their their situation, it certainly takes on the flair of of artistry uh, rather than as the state has argued in the past, chemistry that you just put a bunch of ingredients in the pan, throw it in the oven, and out pops a, a beautiful wedding cake. You know, this is something that Melissa put her heart and soul into, and she worked to make it very special and, and uh, meaningful. And that's why she felt like this was her coming alongside, not only alongside it, but being an active participant in the ceremony itself. Uh, and, and while she has served this couple and other same-sex couples in the past for a variety of different sources uh, or, or, or reasons, she, she just simply, or the couple could not uh, go forward, uh, Aaron and Melissa could not go forward and in good conscience uh, participate in the same-sex wedding ceremony. But that's okay in our society. We, we value a variety of, of different beliefs and, and opinions and worldviews. Uh, and we tolerate those. Uh, we may not disagree. We, we may disagree with them on occasion, but we certainly welcome them to be able to enter into the public square without fear of being punished by the government. The government should never force people to violate their conscience or their faith. That's exactly what the state of Oregon has done here. And the Bowman Criers, who are the lesbian couple in this particular case, issued a statement after the hearing, and they said, and I'm quoting here, we support religious freedom as a fundamental value in America, but... Well, there's a, an old saying about when somebody says that they support something, but they don't support it. Well, yeah, that, that could be. I've also heard that when someone says the word, but get ready to pucker or duck. I mean, it, it, you're either going to get a compliment or, or a criticism here. But what we knew here, what we know is that one of the great things about America is that we are a very tolerant and diverse society that protects a diversity of thought and religious belief. In, in a multicultural society in which we live, we should be able to peacefully coexist with different opinions, and that shouldn't be a problem. And gay marriage really is the law of the land since the Obergefell decision of the, before the Supreme Court. I don't think anybody's disputing that. The question was whether or not people can be forced to celebrate it who are not actual participants in it. That's true. And keep in mind that when this actually happened several years ago, that was not actually the law of the land at that time. It was not legal for that couple in Oregon to be being married, uh, so-called. But the, the reality is this. By making a wedding cake, Melissa and Aaron felt that they would be endorsing same-sex marriage, and that was not something that they could in good conscience do. And that's okay, because our government makes a way in which we protect the right of people to act according with their faith and with their conscience. That's what the, the Constitution actually does. That's okay in a diverse and tolerant society. It's only when the government becomes intolerant of the diversity that is expressed that we begin to have a problem. And I think one of the problems is also one of definition. Does religious liberty end at the door of the church, or can religious beliefs and practices be kept into the public and, or even the private area? That's exactly right. When people go out of the four walls of their church or the four walls of their home, they ought to be permitted to be able to engage in uh, their religious conscience wherever they find themselves. That's what we value in this country. They should not be in, in, enforced by the government or induced by the government to endorse a religious ceremony with which they disagree. That is exactly what would have happened here with the state of Oregon forcing Aaron and Melissa to violate their conscience and endorse a religious ceremony with which they disagree. That's not the government's job. Instead, we elect a government to make sure that we remain a very tolerant and diverse society, respecting both faith and opinion and speech. And again, the I think we need to, it's important to bring out that they did not refuse to sell 
cakes to this couple. What they refused to do was to make a special cake for them, make something that was not available in the shop to do something special. That's a great point. In fact, they had actually served this couple previously at, at another, uh, I think it was a birthday party, or they had, they had provided some form of tasty delight for some other function at, at some other uh, some other event. Uh, the reality is that it was it only became a problem when the state of Oregon forced them to violate their conscience. That's not the, the gut job of the government. Instead, we ought to be uh, we ought to be concerned about a government that would force people to violate their conscience or their faith. Who knows who's going to be next on that? That could be any one of your listeners today. Or it could be, uh, for example, a, a, a Muslim baker being asked to, to do something that would uh, condemn the uh, Prophet Muhammad. Yeah, these, these are basic rights. The First Amendment guarantees the right of American citizens to be, uh, to be able to possess free speech, free expression, and religious liberty. As friends and neighbors, we can disagree with one another. We can do so even strongly. But what we don't want is a government that comes in and says, no, you're going to believe like this, but you're not going to believe like that. And when you believe like that, we're going to punish you. That's wrong. And it goes with uh, a whole a whole series of different uh, different businesses. I have a, a good friend who's, who uh, has a T-shirt shop. He actually makes custom T-shirts with sayings on them. Now, I know for a fact that he has refused to take certain customers or, or uh, certain phrases that he finds offensive. He simply won't do it. Now, thank God he's not been challenged in court. But again, he is, he is saying that you're using my talents, you're using my skills, and I have the right to say if I'm going to use them or not for this particular thing. And I think this is perhaps what we're looking at with Melissa and with uh, many other cases as well. Yeah, and look about how far the egregious acts of the government go here. Not only were Aaron and Melissa forced to shut their business due to a crippling penalty, and they were issued a penalty of $135,000. I mean, that was a remarkable overreach by the state of Oregon to punish folks for, for simply engaging their conscience uh, through their business here. But that wasn't enough. The state of Oregon had to impose a gag order on Aaron and Melissa that was so broad that they, they, they can't even to this day really talk about what happened and how it makes them feel and what they would do in the future on these issues. You know, when the government starts violating religious liberty, there are no liberties that are safe. That's why it's so important that we we push back a government against a government that is willing to force people to violate their conscience or their faith. That's not the government's job. In fact, the Constitution it was put in place specifically to restrain government from forcing people to violate their conscience and their religious beliefs. And uh, the clients made no uh, were not hiding their religious beliefs. They were very upfront about them being uh, that this is a Christian bakery. They do these things because they're Christians. The couple had to have known that, that they were Christians when they went into it. And I would also point out that the mainstream, uh, the majority of the mainstream religions, uh, for example, the Roman Catholic Church, the Southern Baptist Convention, of course, my own Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, do not recognize gay marriage, and we cannot participate in it. We cannot celebrate it. This shouldn't have come as a shock. Right. Yeah, no, look, this is, that's why we're very tolerant of, I mean, think of all the diversity that you just listed off there, the various religions that are a part of here. That's just a small portion of the various cultural and religious backgrounds from which most Americans draw. Uh, we ought to be in America concerned about remaining tolerant of the diversity of faith and opinion around us. Uh, and when a government acts to, to, to censor someone from engaging their religious beliefs as a part of their business, we ought to be very, very concerned. And in the uh, Bowman Crier, it's also said, uh, 
their, their phrase was, religious beliefs should not entitle anyone to discriminate, target, or hurt others. Every family deserves respect, dignity, and the opportunity to live free from discrimination. And uh, it seems that they're not willing to do, to do that with other people. You know, there's, there's nothing more personal to define who you are as a person than your relationship with God. Yeah, and all that Aaron and Melissa Klein are asking for is the right to be able to peacefully coexist with their neighbors here, to be able to have a very narrow exemption for this one event and not have the government come down on them with this, with a, a crippling penalty for uh, for uh, engaging in their religious beliefs. That's something that I think should be very simple for Americans who value both religious diversity and tolerate differences of opinion. Even if the lesbian couple had been damaged... $135,000? I mean, it's extreme, isn't it? That uh, the state of Oregon would impose such an incredible penalty that would uh, force Aaron and Melissa to shut down their business and, uh, and, and run them out of business for, for having the audacity to be able to engage their First Amendment freedoms that we were told by the Constitution we, we all have and, and cannot be removed by our government. Um, but yet the state of Oregon is content to, uh, to shut down dissenters like Aaron and Melissa from the uh, preferred orthodoxy of the, uh, the Board of Labor of an, an industry in uh, the state of Oregon. Uh, that's incorrect. And it's not only incorrect, it's unconstitutional. And what the state of Oregon has done here, by forcing Aaron and Melissa to shut their mouths about their religious beliefs and, and to violate their conscience, that is simply egregious and something we should not stand for as, as freedom-loving Americans. And we're seeing this more and more. I mean, there's a case, I think it's Masterpiece Cakes in Colorado. Same situation, exact same situation. Arlene's Flowers up in uh, Washington State. We've seen it with photographers in the, uh, in the Southwest, where they are actually being attacked punished and put out of business or threatened even, some of them physically, for refusing to celebrate gay marriage. Yeah, look, it's, uh, it's something that is concerning to me on a lot of fronts. First, of course, because of the religious freedom implications. When, when a state can order someone to violate their conscience, there's no freedom that is safe anywhere. But, uh, you know, kind of moving outward from that, uh, we value a very tolerant society in a very diverse society. But when the government comes in and says, no, you're going to believe like this, well, that creates, that actually destroys diversity. That's, that's a very monolithic view of, of, a, of a country that is, that in which we celebrate our, our various uh, uh, religions and cultural backgrounds. Uh, we ought to be very concerned about a government that would be willing to say, hey, look, you can believe like this, but not like that. And because what comes with that is, uh, is a driving out of of diversity and a dumbing down of tolerance to such a degree that it forces people both out of business and, frankly, sometimes even into hiding. And government has, in the past, recognized the role of conscience. Uh, for example, conscience objectors within the military. There's a movie out right now about a Medal of Honor winner who was a conscientious objector. He refused to bear arms, but he saved the lives of something like 70 Marines in uh, the Battle of Okinawa. But the thing was is that the government recognized his right not to bear arms against anyone because it violated his religious beliefs. 
yeah, Desmond Doss, I mean, this is the guy you're talking about. It's just a fantastic example of that. And look, I could talk about other examples, too. You know, we just uh, settled the case with the state of Georgia uh, because they fired a doctor that they had hired to be their director of public health. That doctor also happened to be a lay minister. And uh, during the middle of litigation, this was just shocking to me, during the middle of litigation, the state of Georgia actually requested from our doctor, our, our, our client, they, they sent a request for all of his sermons, his sermon notes, and his sermon transcripts. Now, there was no there was no deadline on that. There was no time frame in which those had to be produced, or no I meaning it went back all the way throughout his entire career. So if he'd ever scribbled a note on a napkin, they had to produce that napkin. If he wrote uh, notes about uh, something he wanted to remember to say during his sermon in his preaching Bible, guess what? That preaching Bible had to be turned over to the state of Georgia. It was such a broad request that it kind of felt like the state of Georgia had kicked down the door of the pastor's study and was kind of rummaging around for information that they could use against this fine pastor. Uh, well, rightfully, the pastor said, no, we're not going to, I'm not going to respond to that request. There's no way that you're entitled to that information, and the First Amendment protects my right to say no. And yeah. thankfully, we were able to resolve that case. But look, uh, when, when we have a government in Georgia that's willing to rummage around a pastor's study to find information to use against him, or when we have a, a, a state of Oregon that is willing to shut down a business for simply uh, running it according to their religious beliefs, we've all got to be concerned. When, we, when there is a loss of religious liberty, there is fundamentally a loss of liberty. And I don't see how anyone can deny today that indeed there is a, quote, war, unquote, against religion. We're seeing it everywhere. At least I'm seeing it everywhere. And But some of my friends on the left ignore it. They say that they don't see that. I don't understand that mentality. Well, for folks that don't uh, don't believe it, we produce an annual survey of religious hostility in America. We call it undeniable because it is it is frankly so shocking and, and so uh, easily proved. Uh, in fact, the publication every year grows by a significant percentage year over year of instances documented instances of religious hostility towards religion. And, and if you don't like to read, we've got a podcast we put out Monday, Wednesday, and Friday that goes through the story of religious liberty in America. That's called the First Liberty Brief. You can get both of those uh, those resources at firstliberty.org. Go thumb through the book and listen to the podcast and find out, hey, th- there really is a concern here, a-, a true battle over religious liberty in America. And I think uh, you're quite correct. This is eventually going to have to be settled by the Supreme Court. Look, the Supreme Court needs to weigh in here and say, "Look, are we a are we a are we a country in which we allow a government to force people to violate their conscience and religious beliefs, or are we a country that allows it allows our nation to be a nation of tolerance, respectful of both diversity of faith and opinion?" And that's the decision that we're going to have to make. That's but, right, Mr. Dice. Thank you very much for appearing on the program. You've explained some issues here and cleared up some points. And let's hope for the future. Thanks so much for having me. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. and again at 9.30 a.m. Saturday Central Time on Worldwide KFUO. It may also be heard anytime streaming online at kfuo.org. Join us again next Wednesday for another new edition of World Lutheran News Digest. I'm your host, Kip Allen. World Lutheran News Digest is a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO. 
You can also listen to WLN Digest on demand at kfuo.org. To correspond with World Lutheran News Digest, email news at kfuo.org.